Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you, Kyle? And I'm Ryan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And uh, hello, Ryan. How are you? Hello, Kyle. I am well. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hello, yes, Bro human. <laughs> I, think, I, am, I was gonna say, I am I adequate. Think I need to perform the Blade Runner test on Ryan all of a sudden. <laughs> this is why we need to do the uh, slow record, and then just as we're recording, the podcast starts later because I need time to warm up into my my human software. I think <laughs> it's like uh, the Ken Jennings didn't ask me anything one time, and like uh, someone asked, "What's your preferred method of knowledge absorption?" And Ken was like, oh my god, is this Watson posing as a person? <laughs> Watson, yeah, that deep think supercomputer that yeah. also played Jeopardy, right? Right. <laughs> Doesn't he do, he does football, fantasy football picks now, right? Yeah, which what they a, all, I, I tried it like twice and they, they just completely tanked my team. <laughs> oh, so not very accurate. Yeah, no. so... Ryan, it doesn't seem like you have to worry about AI taking over just yet. Um, again, that's not how they're going to take over, but yes. It's not through fantasy I football. See, I disagree. Bit. I think it's it will be through fantasy football. football. Uh, <laughs> how AI explain. conquers the world. Explain. Uh, I would like to hear this multi-step process of how AI conquers the world at the starting point of fantasy football. Uh, the element of surprise, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's just a Trojan uh, horse. That's how it happens. <laughs> it turns everybody's cell phone into a bomb, unless they can weigh out four and a half pounds of water on their scale. Oh, hey, that sounds familiar. Oh, oh my God! They're getting grownier. Your segways. <laughs> yeah. I'm losing my touch in my old age, I guess. 2020 has just broken you. <laughs> you might be right, man. It could be. <laughs> Very well could be. Oh, man. What a... We don't have to segue just wet. Just wet. Just yet. That could have been a, uh, a little taste. How about we talk to our good buddy Michael here? Michael, what's up, bud? Oh, you know, just uh, doing my things. Good to be good to be here with you guys again yeah, uh, on yeah. this this most sacred of uh, traditions and holidays thus far, this installment three, I can't, Yeah, was looking forward to it all month, and uh, here we are. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. The annual mm -hmm. tradition strikes again. Uh, Ryan and I are suckers <laughs> for a tradition. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we went ahead and made, made the whole month its own month now. Uh, we just dubbed Hard Simber is, is the new name of this month now, because... Uh, Every movie will be somehow tied to Die Hard from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a ring to it. It's uh... <laughs> it works well. But yeah, this is the the third installment. We're we're glad to have you back, man. And uh, I don't know. I'm uh I'm excited to talk Die Hard with you. I'm just excited to talk to you, buddy. I miss you. I miss you to too, you. man. It's been good. It's been it's good to talk to both of you guys. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, well, I shoot, I'm excited. This is probably the most excited I've been. Just because I think we got a lot to talk about with this one. Oh, oh yeah. heck yeah. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. What a perfect diehard for 2020, no less. <laughs> We're going some places with it, for sure. Oh, um, yeah. Michael, last time I think that I saw you was on the uh, the Champer Chump series. 
Yes, I was in the uh, the the Malcolm Finals, where I lost to a unbelievable Paul Corn. He just, uh, I think I like I I lost a couple lives in the final round like early on, and that just kind of put me in a bad spot. And I don't know, luck of the questions, but it, it was it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait for season two, whenever that may be. Yeah, after the new year, that's for sure. Okay, Ryan <laughs> yeah. needed a break. <laughs> it's well, it's right now, actually. It's, yeah. Oh, okay, right now. <laughs> Things are in motion, though. I already have at least one um, set of guest questions. Um, I got some things planned, and it'll be interesting. But yeah, Ryan's taking a break right now. I want to go well, back real quick. Did you know Unbelievable Paul Corn is his magician name? The Unbelievable Paul Corn. So, That's awesome. I did not know that, and I did not know that. I made that up. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I, that is not truth. I was making a joke, I, and you guys took it for bait. So um, let's clear it up. <laughs> that is not his real name. I don't know his magician name. If well, you want unbelievable Paul Corn, it's yours. What, it's, it's good enough, and it was totally believable that I totally thought it was his magician name. It was believable that it was unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't doubt it for a second. The, the persnickety Paul we can uh, we can like have a seg about try to make a magician name for Paul the limity snickety <laughs> the limity snickety <laughs> Paul Corn that's uh that's not a thing I, I don't know I will say I'll give you a little behind the scenes thing I do know that sports questions will make an appearance in season two Michael ooh uh, yep that is true and that's okay, not well, handled by me guy, so like you're you. welcome <laughs> Well, I'm all on board that. Yeah. Also, I did. I did have one minor complaint that maybe it wouldn't have changed anything in the long run, but you know how, like in the music rounds, like you have, you know, you get a point for the song, point for the artist. Mm-hmm. In my final, in the music round, we did the musicals, and you could only get one point per song. And that I was finished true. with 39 points. Mm. And if I had gotten like I don't know an artist or like name the person singing the song that would have gotten me up into the forties, maybe the extra life would have changed something, and maybe I'm just very salty about it. <laughs> uh, could be, could be. I also I think I know Kyle also missed one of his lives by just one point two. I don't remember where it was if it was thirty nine or forty nine, but. Uh, that is a very good point. That's, you know, I have going into season two, I'm going to really take a more analytical side to how points are weighted out. Make sure Mm -hmm. there are enough, like strategically, I want every game to be weighted about the same. And I, that was definitely not a focus the first time. It was about what can I do? That's fun. So now that I kind of have these things down that I can sub in topics and have other people who want to jump in with questions of their own, I can now focus more on like that more analytical big data side and try to weight the game better that way. And so I'm hoping season two will be even tighter and even better. Um, definitely going to be some format shakeups. I'll tell you that much going forward. With that, uh, with that data collection, wait till you see the waiver you sign and what you give up. That's oh, true. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a five-minute scroll through our TOA, <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. Uh, you just click accept. 
Yeah, it I was mean, written by no less than forty lawyers. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing bad that I'm signing yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. No. No. you're good. You, you it's completely trust. harmless. <laughs> are we are we contracting Watson to help with the big data? We can we can do to that. To degree, yeah. Watson is harvesting it, so okay. you know it's not going to be fantastic, but it'll be all right. <laughs> Watson is uh, being used to better learn what you want, and then we're gonna use that for you. We're gonna we're gonna to give use to that. give questions that I don't want. That's yeah, it. Uh, That's what we're gonna do. That's how Champer Chump evolves. AI. Here's a tip. Here's a tip, Watson, for what I want. AI uh, butts <laughs> show butts, and uh, I'm, I'm there. You got me. Oh, AI, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Be the easiest revolution. <laughs> That's it's yeah. I would give up so quickly. You can fight us or hear our butts. Okay, <laughs> cool man. You got. It. I'm in. Uh, I'm on board. <laughs> Robot overlords. Thank you. This is all I've ever wanted in life. Uh, as a as a segue back into sports, uh, Michael. I believe since the last time we've talked to you, speaking of sports, you started a sports podcast, have you not? Oh, we uh. Yes, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, my cousin Sanders, uh, my brother Drew, and myself. It's the uh, we're calling it the Dap It Up podcast because Dap Dura Allen podcast. That's our last names. Little mm-hmm. little uh, acronym fun right there. We have not recorded in quite some time because of uh, well, I had the housing. I was getting sure. a new house, and that took up some time. And my cousin Sanders, he's actually a high school basketball coach down in Georgia. So, you know, they're having practice every day. So his time is pretty much taken up with that most days. But we're hoping once his season settles down and, you know, I get everything settled in here, we can pick that back it up and uh, we'll have some good stuff to talk about. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. We, we recorded, I believe, like nine or ten episodes since we started. And, uh, you know, we pretty much talked about the biggest sports headlines of the day. And, it was a lot of fun, and I'm hoping we can get back into maybe a regular uh, rotation for it. Yeah, it was pretty good. You guys were pretty active around like a, a lot of the NBA's final buildup. I remember. Yeah, and then, like the start of the college football season, all the uncertainty and hmm. the finals with baseball and cocky. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, it, it is. Uh, if you're into sports, you guys should check out Dap It Up, and I do. I do hope you guys come back. It was enjoyable. That uh. I liked it, and it was it was sports-tastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> you, can, you can put that on the logo, or that'll not. be one of our uh, testimony. That'll be one of our testimony quotes. Yeah, there you go. It's sports-tastic. Yeah. Kyle Collins, <laughs> slap it up there. Uh, I can just say a really long thing that's like super negative, but then I'll say something that's a little bit positive, and then you can just snip out that positive part, like what they, they do in a lot of movies. <laughs> They they get even worse than that. They'll like take out set, like certain words and do like the the dot dot dots and make it look better than it is. It's like rip <laughs> roaring time, and it's they take those words from like an entire paragraph and use that. Or uh, oh shit, what was that Tom Hardy movie where he plays twins? Oh, Legend, that piece yeah. of shit. Well, but there's uh there's this fucking poster that they have where like. It had all these five star ratings, and one and, yeah in the middle. Yeah, one company gave him three stars, so they put that one in between the two pictures <laughs> of Tom Hardy as a twin, 
like blocking off where the fifth stars would be, so it looks like it's still a five star. That's it's pretty sneaky. Brilliant. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's marketing, baby. That's fantastic. I was thinking, did you guys ever watch Mad Men? Um, a little bit. I did not. No. I never did either, man. But I feel I like could, that's yeah, that's something that would get someone a raise in the marketing department. That, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's just that's really good. I feel like I, I should have watched Mad Men. It had uh, Christina Hendricks in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and John Hamm. Who doesn't love John Hamm? Yeah, yeah. Both wonderful. I don't know. I always I found it very stilted. I couldn't. I, it was very cold. I could never really get into it and find it super. I don't know. Engaging enough to watch more than one at a time. And, and so it just felt daunting to go through the backlog of what, seven, seven seasons that show ran for of like high serious drama. That's a lot. That's a lot. Did you guys ever get into like any of those drama shows? I don't know why we're going this route, but like, uh, I don't like what? Uh, like OC or Dawson's Creek. Oh. Uh, the OC is fantastic. I'll let Michael answer, and then I can talk about the OC for <laughs> a whole fucking podcast. I love the OC. I n- I never watched any of that. I I should have because I one of my best buddies back in high school just every day was like, "Hey, you watched the OC yet, man?" And I was like, "No," but I mean, everyone <laughs> everyone said it's good, and and you know, Ryan clearly likes it, so I'll I'll turn the floor over to him. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot speak for a lot of the teen dramas. I, I never got into them. I tried to give them a shot and just not for me, or I just never gave them a shot. But the OC is from Josh Swartz, who did Chuck. And so after I had already gone through Chuck, I was, I then went back to the OC because of that, knowing his involvement. And did Jason Schwartzman guest on the OC a couple times? I don't remember him being on the show, but he very well could have. I know his his band, he, the Phantom Planet that he was Phantom part of, did Planet, the theme yeah. song. Um, yeah. I will tell you who did get their start on the OC was fucking Chris Pratt, who showed up in season four for like a a main full time role in the final season. Uh, and he's I don't think you great. Can say he got his start there. He got his start on Strangers with Candy. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah, super so. young Chris Pratt. Yeah, nice start, Respect. but I guess uh, an early showing before he blew up, I'll say. Yeah, but it was a good uh, show. That's I right. love Strangers, I forgot with, about Candy, Strangers man. with Candy. I fucking love that. Have you ever seen that, Michael? No, I haven't. Oh, man. That's some good Amy shit. Amy Sedaris. Uh, yeah, Amy Sedaris. I do love Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris, who's Stephen Colbert before he oh, blew up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stephen Colbert playing a gay shop teacher. Yeah, him <laughs> and uh, like, Jellyneck. <laughs> uh-huh. in the closet oh man and also super mean and jerry blank oh she's like a 60 year old woman who goes back to high school i it's also one of those shows that was super transgressive and ahead of its time because the principal was like principal blackman and it was like just this in your face fucking commentary and like calling out all the bullshit that you'd see in like the tv shows of that time like especially like it's essentially like a takedown of saved by the bell and that generation of TV after school special type show. Yeah. And it was so good. And Amy Sedaris just yeah. is fucking so weird to begin with. She's got such yeah. a unique, weird sense of humor. 
It was like that early days of uh, Comedy Central. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever do either? Yeah. Um, there's this show called Strip Mall. Have you, either of you ever heard of that? This one sounds no. familiar. Oh, I man. did not see it. I like Strip Mall a lot. I f- I'm pretty sure Strip Mall had uh, Jerry from uh, Parks and Rec. And he oh, was, okay. He had a uh, here, yeah. He had a model train like lodged in his forehead. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the way that that was. Yeah, strip mall was ridiculous, and it was just like it was a strip mall, and it was all the crazy characters that had shops at this white trash strip mall in like Southern California. And he was one of them. It was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, there's nice. some shit. That, there were so many shitty Comedy Central shows that I loved. I loved all the, you know, the the bad comedy shows that had like the after South Park block, and they kept like cycling through them each season. Like uh, Secret Girlfriend Halfway House. Oh, I never watched Halfway say? House. I said Secret Girlfriend. I remember Secret Girlfriend. <laughs> that I was like 2009 or 10, mm-hmm. and it was like you were the the main character was you, the the viewer. And like you had your two friends and like your girlfriend, it was, it was dumb, but it was pretty funny. And we like it was after it was, it was after South Park, so like we just watched it because South Park was over. And yeah, fuck, I don't remember that one. Secret there, girlfriend. There was also yeah, yeah. Like, Crodman Dune and the Flaming Sword of Fire. Yeah, I remember that one. I liked that one. That one was pretty good. I think it only also went for like a season, right? Yeah. <laughs> was that animated? I know. Yeah, clearly, that one was I, animated. No, I think Crabman Doom was live action. Was it live action? Was it yeah. the one? Wait, I'm thinking there was a Fox show, I think, that was like animated over live action. Sort of like Amazing Gumball. Hmm. Uh, Son of Zorn? That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Son of Zorn. That's what I was thinking. Of. I, I never watched enjoyed that. that one. Yeah, I liked Son of Zorn. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, very enjoyable. Canceled. Way too quick, as most shows on Fox are. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know what show I did not like on Comedy Central? Fuck, what it, it was the uh, the cartoon like reality show of different drawn together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I did not like drawn together I, at all. Yeah. Fuck that. Same. Show. God, Same. that show is garbage. Well, like, it was. Go ahead. I don't know. I, I that show had like three seasons. I feel, and it was just mm-hmm. ever increasingly awful. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't have a great start. I, I honest, I, it felt like that Comedy Central show from the era where they were just trying to be shocking to match. I think the energy that you're getting from other channels, and or also that's South Park. But South Park was always smart about it. It always felt like drawn together was really dumb and base. Crass, yeah. Like the jokes were the animation of just like we're gonna draw something really, really disgusting, a la like Ren and Stimpy, but like usually it's it's a sex sex pun or like something real. I don't know, very graphic. Just like, isn't it really funny when like this innocent character, but like, uh, who's the black and white? She's supposed oh, to be Betty Boop. I, I, I don't like remember toots. the name. It's something, but like, isn't yeah. it really funny how dirty and perverted she is? Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny for three seasons? No, it's or not. Like the the big superhero dude like eating the ass of the Pikachu character. 
Oh, oh, God, I forgot about that. Oh. See, and I feel that yep. was another one that was on, like, after South Park that they tried to push real hard. Mm-hmm. They Push mm-hmm. they did, because that one lasted way too long. It did. Like, that show was garbage. What else, Oof. man? What are, I, I really like this trip down Comedy Central Memory Lane. That one belongs in the past forever, <laughs> drawn together. I'm I did a list. Keep talking. Friggin- Important things with Demetri Martin. That was a favorite of mine. Oh, that was a really great yep. show. That was a fantastic show. Really love that. I was literally thinking about that like the other day. Like, I wonder if that's streaming anywhere that I could rewatch all those. Some of like his best jokes were from that show. I feel there was some really good shit. I can't even remember any because I haven't thought about them. But uh, my, fi- my favorite bit from that show was the uh, the important thing of the show was brains or like smarts or something, and. Uh, so, like, he's sitting on his armchair in front of the audience, and he says, like, this next, you know, b- uh, segment is brought to you by physics. And then, like, there's a screen <laughs> behind him that just says physics. <laughs> and, like, he points at it, and he's like, that's a real great graphic we got there, guys. And, like, it's completely off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, we've got, of that time, drawn together, shorties watching shorties. Oh, fuck, I remember that. That's Even though it had uh, Patrice O'Neill, I think, was a voice on Shorties watching Shorties. Uh, yep. That is right. Was and he? Nick DiPaolo. Yeah. They were two babies that commented on shit. They would just watch, like, it was basically a clip show, basically yeah. like an internet clip show mm. and comedy stand up bits occasionally. But there was Freak Show with H. John Benjamin and David Cross, which I've not heard of until just now. Only one season for that cartoon, but that was right around the Drawn Together time. Little Bush? I remember that one. (laughs) I don't remember Little Bush. What was Little Bush? It was like the Bush administration, and they were all like little toddlers. (laughs) Yeah. Really? I remember That's My Bush from uh, Trey Parker (gasps) and Matt Stone. There was that one, too. Yeah. (laughs) I really like that one, but I think that also only did like one season. Uh huh. There's only so much you can do with that joke. That's true, but I liked it. Uh, we got Ugly Americans. I remember that one kind of. What the fuck was that? I never uh, watched it. I remember seeing previews for it all the time. It's uh, like that bizarro animation style, like that prison. Oh, what's that? Super jail, like that oh, kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, demons and hell on earth and shit, but like that's just life. Um. All right, oh, that's, that's right. Cartoons. And there was like there was one normal guy that worked there with him, and yes. he was like the main character. And then like the the head chick was a super hot demon chick, and then her dad yes. was Satan. Yes, I yes. that show. Yeah, and that I think sucked. it may have been Natasha Leggero. Maybe I'm unsure. Probably that show sucked. <laughs> All right, from that time, we also have a live action Insomniac. I loved Insomniac, man. Uh huh. That's one that's of my all-time my, favorite shows. <laughs> I was going to say, That's My Bush, the one season that you called out. Perfect. <laughs> um, Chappelle Show also started that time. Mm-hmm. I'm with Busey. <laughs> oh, man, I, I loved I'm with Busey. Uh, Blue Collar TV. Oof. That's when that was Mm-mm. in the huge, huge spotlight in that shit. Wow, that remember that time period? Yeah. Oh, uh, on that on that 
on that same spectrum, we have Straight Plan for the Gay Man. That lasted one season. I wonder why. Good. Good. Thank God. (laughs) Do do you remember, like, walking into Walmart and there's just nothing but, like, blue-collar comedy stuff in the electronics section? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had the, they had the, the comedy tour DVDs, like, on the end caps. Dude. Friggin' and get her done hats. They'd have, like, 30 foot high cardboard cutouts of them, like, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> God uh, damn, they were fucking everywhere. Oh, what was. Shit. Oh, no, that was. Was that MTV? What was the. Show with Aziz Ansari and uh, the other two comedians, Rob something. It was something maybe Robot Giant or Giant huh. Robot or something. It was really a sketch remember. show. It was Paul Shear on it? It was Paul Shear, Aziz Ansari, and that Rob guy who's always in the birthday gift throwing the confetti. Rob oh, Hewell. Yeah. Or the, uh, uh, it could the dude be from the office. Well, neither of you. Yes, Rob Hill. Rob Hill is Rob Hill. It's yeah. Rob Hill. The uh, dude from uh, Children's Hospital. Yes. Yeah. Stand-up show. What the fuck was the name of it? With Aziz I'm sorry. I I can't even now. place this. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, like, this is something movie. I've only seen. It's a fever dream that Ryan had. He just no, willed it into existence. It existed. That when as did, I as I search for it though nothing is coming up and this is worrying me. When did, did you? When do you remember? Human giant. This? I found it. Human what? giant. Oh. Human giant. I don't giant. remember it at all. No. It was a sketch uh, TV show, but it was on MTV around this time. It was not Comedy Central. That's why I got fucked up. Okay. Okay. You got me well, never mind, up, man. Anyway, that's good. Or you could watch Mind of Mencia that was on Comedy Central around that time, too, and that's no. not so good. No. Yikes. Did you know Zoinks. Nick Swartzen had a show? Yeah, I, I did. Didn't I actually this. liked that one. Nick Swartzen's Pretend Time? Yeah, that was not bad. In 2016, there was a Comedy Central show called Time Traveling Bong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. This is I think amazing. I know what we need to uh to visit next Stoner movie September. Uh yes. I think we need to take a swerve to time traveling bong. Let's watch that season. Check that, <laughs> click on it. What the fuck is on that? Alright, let's watch This is completely uh, off the rails for a Die Hard 3 episode, by the way. We'll get on track after this, I swear. So it was created by Alana Glazer, and it stars okay. her. Uh, okay. Kevin Heffernan from the All Broken right. Lizard Guy gang, yeah. um, and DJ Qualls as Future Man. What? <laughs> this there awesome. are three episodes, and <laughs> that is it. This, All right. There you go. Well, that won't be too hard to watch, and that's like the length of a movie. Fuck it. Yeah, like this it. out. I'm looking at some of the synopsis for these episodes, and it oh, looks so good. <laughs> and like maybe maybe the worst way possible like i might hate it but god the possibilities fantastic all right we'll just keep that tab open for like another 10 months until we get back <laughs> to september i'm just and, gonna uh, write it down in my book of ideas here how about that <laughs> all right if you want to do that i'd keep the tab <laughs> open but that's me that's fa- fair fair 
fair. <laughs> to each their own, sir. You guys, let's uh, let's let's do this tradition. Let's talk about some motherfucking Bruce Willis bleeding all over everybody. Woo! Oh, but it's what not his say? blood. It's not his blood. Only a few not times is it his blood this time. It's uh, true. <laughs> and it, it's cleaned it up though. strangely quickly most times. <laughs> <laughs> they do take a point to show it specifically at one point, him cleaning up. Yeah. And then he's immediately filthy again then in the next scene. But! Die Hard 3, or I'm sorry, it's not Die Hard 3. This is just Die Hard with a Vengeance, gentlemen. Yeah. Great title. Uh, I think, it, anyway. I think it perfectly encapsulates this movie. This is such an angry, angry movie. Well, And, and I mean that like, in the best way. But that'll be my little uh, hint for how I'm going to talk about this episode or this movie. It also sort of touches on like the, uh, you know, the revenge aspect, like mm-hmm. sort of thing of it, too. It is sort of all encapsulating. Mm-hmm. Um, movie also starts off with a fucking bang, man. Literally. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, this gets right into the fucking action and pretty much just. Starts from there. There's really nothing else going on except for it. It starts with the gas going, and pretty much revs the entire time. There's no slow buildup into anything. I will say almost immediately, I loved every choice this movie was making by the the New York montage with "Hot Town Summer in the City." That's such a perfect song choice. Yeah. Shout out to the Love and Spoonful who came to Columbus when I was, I think, <laughs> like f- five or six. And that was like the hospice uh, center sponsored concert of the year. Yeah. And, you know, like all the the middle aged people were just rocking out to that. And do you believe in magic? And I was like, nice. can, we go, can we go home? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you didn't get down with the funkiness that was happening. I, I wasn't really sure <laughs> what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy and Daddy are dancing weird. <laughs> is this what love is? <laughs> Holy shit! Uh-huh. So <coughs> we uh, <coughs> geez, excuse me, guys. Touch a touch of the black lung pop. Um, so yeah, we start literally with an explosion. What like uh, a bomb goes off in a building, and. Uh, then we're suddenly thrown into John McClane in the back of a truck, right? Well, we get we get the call mm-hmm. in the police station when they're they're going over everything ab- about the explosion. Oh yeah, he's he like just, assigning everybody everywhere. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I want you know John McClane doing this, this, and this, and then uh, and again. Fantastic choice that it's not just coincidence or happenstance. That John McClane is just near a big event. That he is just, he's brought in against his will out of nowhere. I love that. That's a smart choice for the third movie in. Shake that shit up. You can't just have him like somewhere where a bomb goes Stumble off and now he's in it. it. Yeah. <laughs> he can't like for the third time just stumble upon a huge terroristic yeah. overthrow. Like, <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's kind of, it was. I thought it was, it was kind of an interesting, going back to the introduction, like, in the first two movies, 
we're introduced to the plot through the bad guy first. Like, you know, we have Hans Gruber getting off the Hans Gruber and his guys getting off the truck and then whatever the dude's name and the second one is doing the naked Tai Chi in the hotel room. And that's like our first <laughs> that's like our first picture of the enemy in those two movies. And then in the third one, you just see the act is the bad thing before we see the bad guy. I thought it was a nice little little change up right there. Well, yeah, like, for a lot of this, we don't see Jeremy Irons for a good chunk of the first half of this flick anyways. We just hear him on the phone. Yeah, until, like, it pans up on the roof after they uh, talk, like, give him the reel about the school. I think it's the first time you see him. Yeah. And he's rocking that uh, fantastic uh, women's soccer goalie haircut. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh that was that was not a good good look for Jeremy Irons, I gotta say. <laughs> uh it was fine. I didn't hate it. It's it's fine. It's it was fine. definitely evil. It, you know. I think it worked. Yeah. It I, it, I, at least it gave him a look, if anything. It's memorable. It's something different. It's unique. Um shit. Where were we? We had the explosion. We had alright. I know exactly where we're at. Ryan, why don't you tell me where we're at? What the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, Simon has just said his first task for John McClane. What was that first task, Ryan? Uh, God, wow. All right, so not only do you throw me in hoping I, I know it, but you also throw me into, like, maybe the most fucking heated thing. But fine, we'll get into this. And I'll say this will perfectly lead into my point with why you don't see, I think, Simon so much throughout the first half of this movie and why that is set up the way it is. Why why I think you get the New York shot and then the explosion and you don't know what's wrong. It is just chaos because I think it's kind of reflecting the tensions of the time because this was right on or right before OJ and all of that. And racial tensions were super high in the mid 90s. And it's a cycle that's repeated on, but the first task, and this, again, I think, talks about the racial tensions and kind of hits it on the head, uh, is John McClane has to wear a sign, a billboard, that says, I hate the N-word, in the middle of, what, 110th Street or whatever, like, yeah, basically down in, like, essentially, yeah. the black area of New York, and it is very uncomfortable to watch as it should be, but I think it serves kind of the point of like a high stakes, like kind of position for John McClane to be in that is really kind of a super shitty position and, and is hopefully there to get him killed. Uh, and if not, then there's a whole series of other traps for him to fall into, but I think it's all very fitting and I don't know. I'm kind of anticipating where maybe this conversation's going with how I'm talking here. But I honestly think this kind of ages okay. I don't have an issue with this. There's some of the language I maybe have an issue with later, and I can pinpoint those as we talk about it. But I think right here, this act and the billboard, it all serves the purpose, and I don't think there's any issue with it. Yeah. I just want it definitely grabs your attention, man. 
It is. Yeah, it's an attention grabber for sure. And like I said, it, it, it raises the stakes in a way that I think is kind of smart. Um, again, it speaks to the time, but also it's not just like an even bigger explosion to contend yeah. with. It is something sure. new and different. Well, and it also it's doing a really great job of slowly building up attention because you see him walking through the street and you know it's not going to be a calm mm. walk. It's just when is it not going to be a calm walk? Like when is shit going to yeah. pop off? Because it's, it's not going to be easy this whole time. So yeah. Smart. So you mm. just you you start to get built up anyways, and also this is like the first ten minutes of the fucking movie. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's great. But the the way you shot or the way it's shot that you you started talking about this, and I think it's brilliant. But we get the whole buildup of them talking up to this task in the van as he's driving down to this area. Then you see him put the sign on and you get the glimpses of people seeing him with the sign without ever seeing what it says. And then we cut to Sam Jackson's character, Zeus. And we get like a little intro with him. And he's like real quickly, like real smart, real level headed. But like you kind of get his character's worldview and stance on a lot of things, especially race, real quickly. And he's the one who kind of has to deal with Bruce Willis first. (laughs) And the first time the camera shows what is on the sign is when Zeus sees it. And I think that's such a fucking smart idea. I think a lesser filmmaker would have shown in the fucking car. They would have talked about it. They would have like hidden. It's to, to show it through Zeus's eyes or to hold it for when Zeus sees it. We are immediately like with Zeus, like in that shocking moment. We're like, Oh fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is what he had. Oh, God, this is this is not good. <laughs> and we're right there with him. It's such a it's such a little, little touch. And I'm going to I'm going to give all all the praise to John McTiernan, because I think there's a, a lot of little smart touches in this movie. But it's that that's little actually, touch that's so fucking good. It's a really good point I hadn't even thought of. Yeah, that was my exact thought was just the abs- the reveal of it and the timing of it. Because like you said, you have the build up to the when he crosses the street and the lady like passes him, looks down at the mm-hmm. sign and then looks at him. You know, your first instinct is like, oh, he's just wearing a sandwich board and he's in his boxers. So it's, you know, he's just he's <laughs> fucking crazy. And then mm-hmm. he turns around later on. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you really think of that again, too. It's uh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck! Yeah. I had a point I was just gonna make, and it was gonna be a good one, and I lost it. Man, <laughs> oh, I remember it now. Uh, fun fact about that—that that was actually one. That was a uh, a use of CGI. That was like one of the most subtle uses of CGI you've ever seen in a movie. Brilliant! Most don't even know that is CGI because when they filmed that scene, the sandwich board was completely blank. Really? That's so yep. smart. So yeah. good. It was just a blank, because of course, they weren't going to have Bruce Willis walking around with that sign in public. Smack like, dab in Harlem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shooting a movie, that's that's awful. <laughs> so yeah, it was just it was a blank one, and then they added that in post-production with CGI. So, yeah, again, oh. you don't even notice. It, it blends in so seamlessly, I guess. But, yeah, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so nice little movie magic touch there. Uh, so, Zeus saves him. Michael, right? Or yeah. Should I say so he Jesus? he goes up to confront him, saying that you better get up on out of here because there was a you know 
a group of, you know, black guys on a stoop a little ways away from where they were standing. And I said, as soon as they see you, they're going to kill you. And sure enough, like, they confront uh, Bruce Willis and... You know, you know, Zeus starts saying like, "Hey, start acting crazy," so you know you have at least have some sort of defense. But then, you know, all hell breaks loose. We get our first instance of a fight and Bruce Willis bleeding because he gets cut like behind the ear or something. And to escape, they like commandeer a car, drive back to the station, just being hounded by these guys. And it's, it was just a, like you said, it's ten minutes in. It's already this incredibly tense moment, even after we had a bomb go off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, poor uh, poor Sam Jackson, man, he gets he gets swept up in it. He tries to just be a nice, helpful, good Samaritan, and uh, I tell you, they they say no good deed goes unpunished, boys. Well, I think this is the interesting thing: is in this movie, we're not going to give John McClane the John McClane role. We're giving that to Sam Jackson. Now, Sam Jackson is the character by happenstance who gets wrapped up in this. He goes through essentially like the the John McClane arc of Die Hard 1. So if you are so hell-bent of a fan that you don't like change and you need that fucking same-same, you get it with Sam Jackson's arc, which is, I, get, I think, so smart. I think it's real smart <laughs> and subtle. It's It's done subtle enough where it's not on the nose, but... Man, I got so much, so much good things to say about this movie. <laughs> I like. Is- uh, or go ahead, Michael. Or no, oh, no, 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 you go ahead. I was just gonna say what I really like about this entire movie is uh, the best things about the first two diehards are the fact that Bruce Willis is constantly thinking on his feet and adapting to the situation, and that Die Hard Three is like uh, a terrible death game designed. <laughs> around like fucking Bruce Willis constantly having to outthink these scenarios. It's it's a really nice setup for a movie that like sort of pushes the limits of uh John McClane as a character. Like that is his whole process is like outthinking, outwitting and like being a step ahead or just f- adapting on the fly. And there's so many times that that shows up in this movie and I loved it every time. I I'm sorry, if you have something, Michael, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you go ahead if you were going to piggyback off of that. Yo, yeah, I'm going to piggyback. I kind of agree and disagree. I, I love the cat and mouse, the game aspect to this a lot in this movie. But I think uh, it's interesting. I thought Sam Jackson took a lot of the heavy lifting of the, the problem solving in this movie. And it was almost yeah. like John McClane was literally at his limits and he couldn't go any further and that's why it was such so, a good choice to give it to Sam Jackson, who was like... Yeah, Sam Jackson, helped, he definitely knew a lot of the riddles, but I like that not even he knew the 41st or the 27th president or whatever number that no. was. No, I but like he that. he does a lot of the riddles. Like, uh, I would say most of these kind of puzzles are... And even, like, that first confrontation, like, it's solved by Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is the one who prevents Bruce Willis from getting killed and ending the game early, much to Simon's chagrin, you know? Like, he is, I think, I think he's the one taking care of business for the most part up until the final third. And then they kind of split paths, and then they're both, like, doing their different thing on different grounds, which is great. But whenever they're together, I do feel like 
Sam Jackson's doing a lot of the heavy lifting <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, and when, when they it comes split, to the problem solving, I guess. Yeah, and when they split up, it gets a little more situational, and I think that's what favors John McClane in that scenario. Because mm-hmm. like when they get back to the Federal Reserve after they realize that that was the real target, and they split up, you see uh, Zeus. You know, he's he's like, well, what do you want me to do? What like you know, he turns to John because he knows that John has been in this sort of situation before, and then when they're split up on the. Uh, the tanker at the end, you know, Zeus tries to take it into his own hands with the gun and he's, you know, he doesn't really look it over or think it over, ends up getting caught instead of, you know, trying to play it like John would in that situation. So mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the different situations and how they react and how they act and think on their feet is, is a really nice dynamic. Yeah. And Agreed. Like, to touch on that again, or I guess a little bit more is... Uh, on the subway scene, like, when John McClane, like, knows where the bomb is and he's, like, looking over everything and he notices, like, the, the police phone is, he hasn't seen that. So, I like that, like, they play up the different strengths, like, yeah, Sam Jackson is good at the puzzle solving. And then John McClane, like, sees the surroundings and the areas. Because he does it again in the Federal Reserve building mm-hmm. when he notices, like, the badge on the cop. And it even plays back to earlier when they were talking about how all the cops play their badge numbers for the lotto. Mm-hmm. And it was like a nice little uh, watch or uh, figure it out moment like he had with Hans Gruber in the first one. Although I do have maybe one of my only big complaints about that scene. Which, uh, which scene the is that? that the, the, the Federal Reserve the scene one? where John McClane walks in and he's talking to the security guard. Okay. Because I, I don't know. That, so two things that stuck out to me is the security guard says uh, it's it's raining dogs and cats, or it might be raining dogs <laughs> yeah. and cats. And then he also calls the elevator a lift. The which lift, were both, right. I was like, so were those supposed to be things that like stuck out to John McClane and like we just, they kind of got lost in the edit, or? Well, I think what it was, <laughs> he was sort of like building it up and starting to piece it together. And then seeing the badge number was what finally like changed the light from red to green to him. That's just how I interpreted it. It's like that he did pick because you kind of see some facial expression changes when he said that. It, that's just how I picked up on it. Yeah, he did go all smooth and uh, charming, Bruce Willis, in that scene right before he shot everybody in that fucking elevator. <laughs> Uh, that elevator scene, re- heavily reminiscent of the Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America elevator scene too. And now I'm wondering if Winter Soldier did, just didn't heavily borrow from this one. A little because it's homage, that same, if you will. yeah. It's yeah. the the ding, and then slowly one by one, these big men come in, just tightening the space in the elevator <laughs> before he has to take them all out real quick. It's the same setup, and it works, and it's great. That is all. Um, yeah, that is all. Shit. So th- that's that's the bomb delivery. What what bomb is? That's the bomb from the park. So we're kind of jumping around a little bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, have we this are. great uh, taxi chase scene. Mm, right. Which one is that? that? Well, the, Fuck, there's so many because we're now jumping around. <laughs> yeah. Is that through the park? They, yeah, that's the one that they go through the park. Okay. Yeah. 
My only note on that scene is that specific line, which I think is, um, I think there's a good way to use ADR and a bad way to use ADR, much like there's good and bad ways to use CG. Um, good way to use ADR is to like punctuate something and make a joke land a little bit better. A bad way to use ADR is when like you're putting it in for the dum-dums in the audience, like, I gotta go through park, or the quickest way is through the park. And then they get there, and there's, like, a huge line of traffic, and Sam Jackson says something like, I did, or, I told you, Park Avenue is always busy. You can't go through Park Avenue. And Bruce Willis says, I didn't say Park Avenue. And then the car starts to go through the park, and we get the joke. The joke is set up, (laughs) it's perfect, it's done. Then the camera, as the car is cutting through the park... You hear an ADR voiceover of Bruce Willis saying, I said, through the park. And then he has to elaborate <laughs> to get it fucking across one more time. Yeah. And that's 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 the shit that's bad. I uh, That always bugs me in movies. And there's a few times here where it's like that. That's, that's one of them. I hope one of them is not one of my more enjoyable scenes in the movie. Where uh, it's another car chase scene. <laughs> And uh, I believe, who is it? Uh, Sam Jackson asks if Bruce Willis has airbags, and he says, yeah, on my side. (laughs) He he goes, John! And he fucking jumps through this barrier. (laughs) It's so awesome. That's a good ADR, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, the stunt's fucking wonky as shit, as (laughs) well as the editing, but the ADR's fine. The line's whatever, it's fine. That's my other one complaint that we'll get into, especially towards the end. The editing gets super wonk as this movie tries to wrap up, I feel. The the ending just feels tacked on. I don't know if we haven't got there yet, but... Yeah, it's... So, like, it... We jump to the fucking Canadian border, and then, like, this whole final showdown is very weird and quickly, and then a, hel- a helicopter just explodes, and that's that it. guy's done. There's no, like, big show up showdown with, like, you know, Hans Gruber-esque or anything of that nature. It's just very weird, and, like, even, like, the quick cut to how this big twist, how we figure out where he is, just seems... Odd. There's just a couple of weird edits like that in this movie. Like, huh. they also come out of nowhere on the boat after John's trying to call the Coast Guard, and that seems weird. And it feels like the boat scene is the end of the movie, and then there's like another ten minutes in Canada. But that, interesting. Interesting. Like, I did not have an issue with that. Hmm. Uh, okay. the, when it when it came to the ending, I don't think editing like. S- cinematography wise like how the action is shot editing i don't think there was an issue story wise i don't even i didn't even perceive any issue but what i did notice or what i had an issue with with the ending was the one reveal too many from the bad guy it's not enough i i think it's real smart to have him be revealed as hans gruber's brother or yeah then the reveal that it's not about vengeance. He's just in it for uh, making his political message is, I think, a really, really smart move. But then we have to have another reveal that it's not about the political message, 
but he's in it for the gold all along and him and his lady boo are going to just kill whoever's in their way and do whatever. (laughs) And that I think all leads into that Canada shit. And it's all that's maybe that's where I can feel it the most is kind of in his motivations feeling just all over the place for the sake of reveals. And in that, that could be for the sake that they just completely made up a fucking line to have a reveal to then shoot a whole nother set piece because they thought the movie didn't end with a a big enough bang because that's how movie studios work. And I, I don't know. I just, I really, I don't know. Would you say it was distracting for either of you, the ending? At any point? Well, it wasn't distracting, but when it finished for me, I thought, oh, okay. It's over. That was quick. It was like the ending of Dark Souls 3. You know, it's like, oh, all right, I'm done. (laughs) It it is just sort of jarring that, like, you know, you kind of just expect more, but then all of us, like, even... The helicopter scene in like Cliffhanger, I feel, was was better than this one because again, it just sort of like, oh, he blows up. I forget even how he fucking blows up. Like, what does John do? He, he shoots. Sh- oh, he shoots the, the fucking the hotel the, the sign. power line with his yeah. revolver when this dude has him dead to rights with a machine gun is and is just refusing to pull the trigger for reasons unknown for five seconds <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, he had been pulling the chain gun for like a minute straight leading up to that. And then now <laughs> yeah. they're face to face at point blank range at, and then, which, you know, obviously gives John enough time, but you know, it was probably it, everything overheated. Just, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Video true. game logic tells me it was overheated and there's a 10 second cooldown time. <laughs> it's he was just waiting like for that on screen prompt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in, in Halo 2 when the SMG, you shoot too much and like your hand kind of like fans at the gun. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or no, it's uh, it was like Gears of War and he missed the block for the perfect reload. And so he had to go through the longer animation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it just feels like in a movie where there were so many good setups that we've already talked about, like maybe they could have just drawn out the ending just a little more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, fe- it felt rushed to me and that I that, that did kind of stick with me once it was done. Didn't okay. overly detract from the movie for me, but I did yeah, sort I of. That's interesting. That's interesting, though. And you, Kyle, you're know. you're about the same way as as Michael is on this. Yeah, I, but I mean, I and I also agree with him overall. Like, it doesn't detract too much from the movie. It's sort of like a a Stephen King story. He always has the best stories, but his endings always suck because he doesn't know what to do. And I kind of feel that's where we kind of ended up with this one. And that's okay, man, because, goddamn, the journey to get here was a fucking ride. So, it was all right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, put that on, as your uh, testimonial on a poster. <laughs> goddamn, to get there was a ride. So, it's all right. <laughs> um, What about uh, these riddles, man? Did you guys think you could have solved any of these in any of the time periods like they did well nope. so i've i've seen the bucket or the like the three and five gallon bucket riddle before but like it took me essentially more time than it would have taken them to like remember how the solution went i, I like if i could have played with it on my own for a bit i think i would have gotten it but like you know the 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 man going down to Ives Riddle. I would have been stuck doing the math like they were. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's just 
you know, and it's kind of like that's what I love about uh, the Saw movies. Really, it's just like every trap has a way to get out of it. It's just like, can your brain let you try and how to try to get out of it rationally, like you think you would, or are you just gonna, you know, epinephrine your way to death? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I still understand the the water one. So like. All right, so so you have yeah. you fill up your five gallon jug, right? Yeah. Pour as much as you can in the three gallon jug. So now you have the five gallon jug with two gallons in it, right? Sure. So now you empty the three gallon jug, and you pour the two gallons into the three gallon jug. So now you have just two gallons in that one, right? Yeah. So now you fill up the five-gallon jug, and if you just take one gallon to fill up the two-gallon jug to three gallons, now you're left with four gallons in the big jug. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's still... uh, Maybe I'm... I would die. Here's here's the thing. I would die (laughs) in that scenario. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's just uh, it. You die. Okay. <laughs> that's that's really all I got to say. I don't think I would have figured out any of these situations. I would be the worst John McClane New York City had ever seen, unfortunately. This is why I heavily related to John McClane in this one, because I don't think he saw most of these. He just sat there and let Zeus do the work, which is fine, but that's where I would be. You want me to throw my body into something and get, like, washed in a water truck? Fine. I can do that. Not maybe well, but yeah, I would need a Sam Jackson to help me solve almost all of these. Also, shout outs to our buddy Zeus, who I have to imagine took his name from this character from Die Hard with a Vengeance and not the Greek god, you know. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But in turn, Sam Jackson says that he is Zeus, father of Apollo of Mount Olympus. So, you know, ipso facto. There you go. Yeah, there it is. Um, I also thought it was a little weird that, like, Sam Jackson's uh, n- nephews were the ones that stuck around. I I guess it built tension for us as the audience that they were still stuck in the school, but, like, I don't know. He didn't know that they were there still? I think it was, it, it was tension enough for us to, like, know in the reveal that, that they were at the school. And I feel like they could have just left it there. It was yeah. kind of a, it was a little extra to like have them you know sneak off and go hide and have to be saved. And they had to have the uh, the cop run back in, and then they had this exciting chase scene back through the school. And uh, I don't know, I didn't like that cop. He was a dick to John McClane at the beginning, and so therefore I didn't care for him. <laughs> which wait wait all right? Which cop is this? Is this the one with the mustache, the old man? No, 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 the other one. The uh... are you talking about Joe, the Asian guy? Yeah, that guy. I see. I thought he was the nicest yeah. cop to what Joe. What are you what? talking? Yeah, absolutely. I'm with Michael. I I like that guy a lot. I thought he, he was, was the super best. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome that we all in- or I interpreted Joe differently <laughs> than you guys. I thought Joe was a huge prick to John at the beginning. I think I well, they just, I think they just had the most comfortable relationship, and like yeah. that, you know, early on it was you know just ribbing professionally, 
That's then, yeah, yeah. That's what the cops did. That that's all they mm-hmm. do is rib. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I maybe I mistook it. Um, <laughs> there's a couple times that they didn't uh, they didn't kill Sam Jackson in this movie, and that was a uh, that was also a weird one. What? Oh my god! That he what didn't die. <laughs> well, no, because they, they he didn't died take in shots deep blue sea <clears throat> or chances at him. Because he, like you said, he's the one that's the driving factor. He's the one helping John McClane through this whole thing. Because he is the John McClane, is what I said. He has the yeah. John McClane arc, so I never expected him to die. I didn't say die, but like even those dudes at the baseball field, like he tells them to stand down, which I, I just, I thought it was a weird move for the villain. Because again, this guy is like leading the whole thing. Without him, John McClane would have died like four puzzles ago. So. Why is he keeping him around? Uh, Because he was cocky. Uh, If anything, Simon has been cocky this whole movie, to which we even see, like, one of the second-in-command saying something to the effect of, like, stop toying with him and just kill him already. Because this guy thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants, and at the end of the day, he's still going to win because he is that conceited and that full of himself that he's going to win. I, I had no problem buying any of that. I, 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 and I thought it was actually fitting to his character because he honestly doesn't care. He doesn't care about killing or making any point. It's all a distraction for the gold anyway. He has no fucking care about that. If Sam Jackson lives or dies, he doesn't care. He's going to be on the boat with money. It's only later where he starts getting directly in the way that he then ties him and John McClane up in the boat. So again, I no issue with that. None. Yeah, I completely agree. I have nothing to add. That was, that was well said. <laughs> um, well, thank you, thank you. So this is a, uh, a movie with a lot of pretty intense action scenes. I want to ask both of you guys if you had a favorite one that stuck out more than the others. Hmm. The... I mean, we already kind of teased it. The dam bursting in the tunnel Mm -hmm. was pretty gnarly and then john pulling off a perfect 180 (laughs) turn in a dump truck dump truck yeah (laughs) that was pretty hardcore and then you know having to time it so that he could grab the grate and then pull himself up as water's rushing and then he just bursts out of the grate anyway that was pretty great (laughs) (laughs) yeah he gets shot out like a cannon that was pretty awesome actually yeah that was probably my favorite what about you, Kyle? Why don't you go next? Uh, so the one that I really like uh, and also still terrifies me is the transfer from the bridge to the boat via the cable from the truck. Oof. And then <laughs> the fact when they fall, number uh, so they actually did just drop, like, pull the truck off a bridge with a boat. That's how they got that shot. They just did it, which I think is cool. Number two, the fucking cable rips a dude in half, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it like uh, it jacks up Bruce Willis's arm, and they do this crazy fall from super high, and it's just it's a really cool action scene. And it again, it hits me sort of the same way that opening shot in Cliffhanger. It really fucks with my vertigo, and it, it puts me on edge just because they're fucking crawling across a wire on from a bridge. It's so nuts. I both loved and hated that scene. 
I hated it because that they probably should have died when yeah. they fell from the crane, which that kind of got on my radar a little bit. But when the dude gets sliced in half, that has like one of my favorite jokes in the movie. He's like, grab the feet. And then they position themselves like they're both going to, like, you know, pick up one body. Yeah. And then they get side by side and start tracking <laughs> each half. It's pretty great. It's so a great good. little joke. Uh-huh. I'm with Michael. Um, I, this might be uh, spoiling next year's episode. But Live Free or Die Hard often gets criticized for being um, silly, over-the-top superhero John McClane. And I think... It's all precedence because of that boat jump. This boat jump exists, and now we have what happens next because of that. Because John McClane was able to survive such a huge leap in this movie, you now get Fast and Furious style for the next movies going well, forward, where he can literally so I'm, do I'm anything. Glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, because I do agree with you. I think this is sort of the precursor to the superhero John mm-hmm. McClane that we end up with, because... I, I thought the same thing immediately during one of the earlier chase scenes where he has uh, Zeus or Sam Jackson pull the emergency brake fuse out. And then he does this ridiculous, like, emergency brake flip around, shoot with the gun, and takes out two <laughs> dudes in a truck chasing him. All in, like, one swift motion, which is completely insane. And it's just played, like, completely nonchalant. And... There's that, there's the falling onto the boat, uh, there's the pulling himself up in a rushing river dam, uh, <laughs> and just manhandling himself on a grate. All as, of this shit. As he's having the worst hangover of his life, we hear yes. throughout this movie so many times. <laughs> yes. All this shit, he fucking, oh man. But then he also does some of the most badass stuff, like when he pulls the wire out of his own shoulder with his teeth. Just so mm-hmm. they can break out of the handcuffs. That's so badass, dude. <laughs> I don't care. This movie, it's crazy. Like I said, I've never seen any of the two diehards past this because I heard that they weren't good. I'm sort of uh, looking forward to checking them out in the future. It'll be interesting. Again, I like the fourth one, but it's 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 not a diehard movie as much as, as it is a superhero light movie. And it's fine for what it is. It's just not diehard. Superhero light movie. It Michael, is. have you seen any of the other diehards? I haven't. The only... All right. uh, this is awesome, then. Yeah. The only uh, story I have about what is is the fifth one, where it's the bald guy as his sidekick. My buddy in college thought he looked like Andrew Luck. And so we always had this little bit where we would do where, you know, we we'd do like our own little trailer for the movie. And it's like, you know, this summer, Bruce Willis. And then, it, you know, one of us would go, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. And then <laughs> the other guy would go, and Andrew Luck, uh, hello. <laughs> and like, we'd act out a scene and be like, Bruce, what are we going to do? And then someone would say, cut, no. Okay, his name is John, Andrew. You can't call him. Bruce, you know, if that's not actually in the fifth Die Hard, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> which one is the PG-13, Ryan? Is that the fourth one or the fifth one? Uh, the fourth one was PG-13. The fifth one went back to R. Went and the fifth one okay. is, by my account, the worst by far and not a good movie really? at all. Not even Oof. fun. Not even fun. 
Dang. Yeah. Well, luckily for us, after we get through Die Hard, I figure we just reset and we start working through the Lethal Weapon franchise, fellas. Oh, shit. That'd be good. Yeah. I love them. I'm, I yeah, think I'm, three might not hold up, but I, I enjoyed the rest of them. There's what? Is there only three of those? Four. There is four. That's what I thought. Yeah, four. Yeah. Four. So. All right. Yeah. Um... What about you guys? Is there anything else that didn't work for you guys, or something uh, that uh, something else that did work really well for you guys? Doesn't have to be negative. I've got some notes, but I'll let Michael go ahead before me if he has anything else. Yeah, sure. Uh, so where this movie turns around, and I think is what really stood out to me as what made it better than the second one over, you know, just being kind of a better movie overall. There was so much more character in this one. Like, so the first movie, we had a bunch of villains who we knew their identities and, like, could point out some of their uh, characteristics. Like, you know, we had Hans, obviously, but then there was Leon, and then there was the big German guy. Carl. Yeah, Carl. And in the second (laughs) movie, you had the big bad, and that was... And then all of his, you know, same-faced henchmen, pretty much. Mm -hmm. The third movie... It comes back where we have Jeremy Irons, and then we have the silent girlfriend, and we have Targo, who's sort of like the mini boss. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how I viewed it when they had the fight uh-huh. with the tanker. Um, but also, he that kind of shines. With a giant log chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just... Using the environment. It's like, you yeah. know, in the, the first. Or the, what, the second boss in Resident Evil 2, where you used the shipping crate? Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but it also shines in with the the good guys, too. You have the playful banter between John and Joe, and then you have, um, what's the guy, Charlie, the bomb expert? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he demonstrates, like, the binary liquid thing and just kind of, like, sets off the bomb in a police station. And, and also, like also, that, uh, that gets Chekhov's gun later on in the movie, which was another nice touch. Yep. That's how they got uh, Sam Jackson out of the handcuffs. It was, you know, yeah. it was just a nice little callback to it. But what really, the, just the charm, I guess, and the personality of all the different characters is what really was part of my favorite part of this movie. Agreed. Agreed. One person you didn't mention who is one of my absolute favorites that I had a whole note on is Jerry, who you want to know the interesting part of this tunnel? No, Jerry. What? The valves. (laughs) (laughs) I loved him. I loved he was the one who came up with the uh, the 21 out of 42, the 21st president. Just nonchalantly, like, I, Jerry was great. I loved his fucking weird energy. And that John yeah. McClane wasn't, like, a dick about it either. He was, like, humoring him. Yeah, and he was, like, in the truck hanging out with him, and Jerry was yeah. just jaw-jacking away. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I fucking really appreciate Jerry. And that goes into what you're saying, Michael. I think a lot of the side characters work here. In a movie where we don't have Carl Winslow coming back, I think these new characters really add a lot. Sam Jackson down to the Jerry's, the small unimportance. They're all really good. For sure. Did you have uh, uh, anything else? I did not. That was sort of my final uh, my final talking point that I wanted to hit and make sure we got. 
Okay. Kyle, do you have anything? Uh, I mean, outside of what I respond to, to what you say, not, not more other than my, my final wrap up. So I'm, I'm ready for your final notes. Okay. I've got two things. Um, I think obviously this, this movie has a lot of commentary in it and I really like a lot of the commentary. Uh, one of the lines that I think is so fucking solid and resonates even to this day in 2020, it's still applicable was when, like, John McClane and Zeus are getting into a fight over, I don't remember what, but it was early on in the movie, and Zeus comes back with a line about, like, he he was like, then why'd you save my ass? Or something. And Zeus says, I didn't save you, I stopped a white cop from getting killed, which would invite thousand more cops into the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a, like, smart, prescient, like, really insightful line, especially back like 25 years ago when this movie came out. I thought that was so just mwah, dead on. And I think there's another like little piece of commentary too. And I think this one's a lot maybe lighter, but like as the, the rubble and destructions happening underground and the seismic shit's happening, um, the bomb went off, I guess is, is better, better put. You have a bunch of office workers in one of the shots eating popcorn, like looking out the window, <laughs> discussing yeah. what's happening, trying to get like the gossip and the rumor. And I think that's like fucking dead on, like talking about maybe the movie going audience and like disasters and explosions and like action movies. I, I maybe this is reading into it, but I, I, I feel like maybe this is John McTiernan, like putting a little, not necessarily cry for help or an SOS out there, but he's like, Hey guys, Hey guys, look at this. This is you. This is you out here. <laughs> Want in action and all this dumb shit. This is, this is you. Almost <laughs> as if he had an issue with some of the silly shit that John McClane does. It's interesting. This is maybe reading into things, but something I noticed and I appreciated. Um, that was a very funny scene. And I like that <laughs> interpretation. It's it's yeah. an interpretation. Is it the right one? Probably not, but it is an interpretation. Um, my only other thing is I loved the gold bar and and Zeus Zeus taking the gold bar and then the fate of the gold bar being left and in then the car yeah, forgetting is it. fucking hilarious. It's such <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And I love that he didn't even realize it, but John knew immediately and then pointed it out to him later, like, yeah, where's your bar? And he's like, ah, shit! <laughs> <laughs> and they, oh, that was my bar. I think yeah. it's what he says. Yes. So just dejected. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I guess we should talk about where we would rank Die Hard 3 overall in our Die Hard watch throughs uh let me start with you michael where would you put this one buddy this one would go uh above die hard Two, die harder and below the og die hard um mm -hmm. although i will say i do love this sort of style of movie you know the sort of cat and mouse um riddle instruction thing that's and anytime i see this in like any show or movie I kind of geek out a little bit so it was I don't know if this is necessarily where it started probably not but <laughs> it was just fun to see it in this sort of high paced action movie um, and it was a nice sort of twist and a new direction for the series yeah 
I like I like the aspect of bringing in somebody to play off John McClane that's not just an evil villain. We get to see the more human and fuck-up side of John, I guess, through the eyes of the Sam Jackson character, and that's a nice little touch. So, yeah, it, it's a cool cool dynamic to switch it up, and I think it was much needed for this threequel. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Um, I am exactly where Michael is in his um hierarchy. I think the original Die Hard is still just a perfect movie. Um, Die Hard 2 has flaws, mostly that it really apes a lot on the first one. Whereas I really, really like what they do with this one. I think they shake it up just enough while keeping in a lot of elements and nods to like that original, that very first one. That make it feel, I guess, for like that four quadrant to make the dum-dums feel safe enough while doing something new and interesting. I think this is like the best kind of sequel in every way, though it is messy at times. And, and there are some slight inconsistencies with, I think, the editing and a, f- a few action beats. Um, I, I don't know. It's still a lot of fun. And I, I, though I think the first one is a perfect movie and the better movie, hands down, I have just as much fun watching Die Hard with the Vengeance as, as I do the first one. Yeah, uh, I think historically I said this movie has always been my favorite one. Um, On this rewatch, though, I got to say, honestly, I I think that's changed. I'm exactly in line with you two guys. This moves just behind the original for me. I think the original is the superior film. And then you have this one. And then you have Die Hard 2, which is honestly, these three movies are a really solid trilogy. Like, Mm -hmm. even though Die Hard 2 is the worst one. It's still a really fucking fun diehard movie, I feel. There's a lot of good stuff in it. And this one as well. I love, like I said, bringing in Sam Jackson. That makes it sort of a buddy cop movie with super crazy stakes. And again, this movie starts with a bang and doesn't let off the gas for two hours. It is just relentless action going on nonstop. It's a great ride. And uh, I think this one's fan-fucking-tastic. Agreed. I don't know well really said. what else to say to it though. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we can. Do you guys want to rate it on a scale of one to ten? I don't think we need to. Uh, you don't need to, but mine would be an eight out of ten. All right, that there. seems about fitting. Yeah, <laughs> I think if I think if Die Hard one for me is like a nine out of ten, Die Hard two, Die Harder is probably like a six ish. <laughs> then Die Hard three or no. <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance is probably like a seven and a half or eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all right, boys. That's that's really all I got to say about Die Hard with a Vengeance. I love Bruce Willis in this movie. He does great Bruce Willis faces when he's running with a gun and his mouth is open. That's, uh, that's pretty good <laughs> stuff. I honestly... All right, so... Real quick before we do wrap up, because I don't think we talked about it, I do think Bruce Willis does a much better job and a, a, like a, a better performance than he did in Die Hard 2. I think he brought mm-hmm. a lot more to the role this time, maybe because he is playing such a defeated character and somebody who's been kicked in the dick by life or like what you hear about with like Holly and everything. I do think he's able to do much more interesting things with John McClane than he was in the last movie as an actor. This is not Bruce Willis just sleep through sleepwalking through a role as Bruce Willis often does. I, I thought this was a really good performance from him. 
Yeah, it's really seems good. To be having a good yeah. time. Sorry, mm-hmm. we get the we get the range of like the defeated John McClane, and then snap back into action mode. We get quippy John McClane again, and it's just a nice little range. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, boys, this uh this <laughs> comes out you know on Christmas Day. I'm sure that we all got what we wanted for Christmas, which was the announcement of a sixth Die Hard movie, right? Uh, <laughs> what what was the name of this sixth diehard? What do you guys think? And then we'll we'll go out. Well, it would not be a sequel. It would be a reboot, um, okay. or or a soft reboot, and it would be Aubrey Plaza as John McClane, but it would be as Jane McClane. Jane McClane. <laughs> Jane McClane. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. And she's just she's just really sassy and refuses to do anything. She just walks past all the problems, and that's it's the still, whole movie. She like Mr. Beans through and away from all the problems as they go on around her. It's still set in a terrorist takeover of an office building, but it's yes. shot mockumentary office style, <laughs> <laughs> where we interview the terrorist and Aubrey Plaza as Jane McClane. <laughs> That's it. There you go. That's my pitch for Die Hard 6. Please never okay. make it, Hollywood. Okay. Michael, you got anything? So, much in the way that um, Troll 2 is not actually a sequel to the movie Troll. Yeah, um, okay. Die Hard 6 is just going to be a behind-the-scenes little vignette about you know how they kept shooting the scenes in Austin Powers where Will Ferrell's character would not die. <laughs> no, that's yeah. that's just the whole movie. That's nothing but that. Is it uh, is it Mufasa or Mustafa? Mustafa, I think. Oh yeah, it is Mustafa, and he's got the little hat. <laughs> yeah, the fez. It smells like almonds. That's <laughs> it. I'm smell. very badly burnt. <laughs> uh I think Die Hard Six is, uh, you know. Where's, where's the one place you can't you haven't sent John McClane yet but space you know space yep yeah I think I think we send John McClane to space uh somehow some way and uh yeah that movie was made it's called gravity it's just, it's just gender swapped <laughs> with Jane McClane that's it that's your Jane McClane movie <laughs> shit there it is we we combined both of our movies and it has already existed and won math tons of awards we I'm need a movie called Die Hard in Space, though. Uh, uh, we need a scene though where, like, uh, he hitches a ride in Elon Musk's car up in space <laughs> and just turns turns to the astronaut suit and says, "Can I get a lift?" And then that's just the end of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs onto the mirror and that's where he drops the yippee kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like slams on the gas, even though you know. <laughs> Even though it's in space and it has no effect. There's no acceleration. Yes. Then <laughs> then he lands on Rainbow Road. And that's how we get the Mario movie. Oh, shit. Oh, it's one da, universe. Da, da, da. Die Hard 6, the Super Mario this. Brothers movie sequel. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Michael, buddy, thank you so fucking much for coming on. Hanging out with us for the third Christmas in a row, man. You're this the best would- gift. It was just as much fun as I had hoped. I'm so happy to be back, and I can't wait 
to do it again next year. This is this is just so much fun, fellas. Thank you. Hell yeah, buddy. Well, we love you, and uh, you know, until I guess next year. Thanks for helping us start this new theme month that we have. You know, we couldn't have done it without you and talking about Die Hard three years ago. So we're here because you you get an executive producer credit on Hard Simber. Sweet. How about that? I'll take it. Uh, so, yes. Thank you so much time, for joining you know. us. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, Ryan. Go ahead. I was going to thank Michael, but uh, okay, it's fine. It's probably fine. Well, yeah, it is fine because, uh, my bad. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. Oh, and I'm Michael, right? There we go. Damn it. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll blow up your city block next time, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>